0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to the John DiPietro Show. JKL Engineering, call them today, 401 351 7600. 401 351 7600 for JKL Engineering. This time of year, the temperature, it's getting chilly, it's getting cold. When are you going to first put on your heat? Call JKL Engineering, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Hey, face it, whether we like it or not, the heating season is here. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, J.K.L.'s reputation second and none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a Navien certified factory dealer called jkl today for system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump remember estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial call jkl engineering at 401-351-7600 i'll give you that number again 401 401- 351 J.K.L., they'll keep you cool in the summertime, warm in the wintertime. Estimates are free. Financing is available. And the highest rebates on the market. Call J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Preferred Towing and Recovery, located in Lincoln, a female owner and operated by christine along with her husband mark specialized in towing transport asset recovery repossessions private property towing services mark's been doing repossessions for 30 years to get the job done safely secured securely preferred towing and recovery they also buy older vintage cars from the 60s 70s you know that one's probably been sitting in your garage for the last 10 to 15 years you keep saying you're going to restore it well Call them for a free offer today. Preferred Towing, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online, preferredrecovery.com. Well, folks, um, again, the situation regarding uh, the presidential election, President Trump has to play this out. He has to fight it out. Um, Like so many of you, I I just don't believe the results. I think this thing was uh, just ripe for fraud and closer to home. I want to draw your attention to something that, for whatever reason, the media is not zoning in on. We are going to zone in on it. It's important. It has to do with Congressman David Cicilline, CD1. Now, I'm going to have a story on this coming up on Dipetro.com on the website. Uh, but think of this. In 2010, Congressman Cicilline was elected to Congress. He, he received 81,000 votes. Now, his challenger was Republican John Laughlin ran a very good race. He got 71,000 votes. But just think about that. So between the two of them, 81,000 was the winner. There was an independent, Kenneth Capelbo, and then there was actually a third. But they they received about a little over 7,000 votes between them. So when you look at that, total votes cast in that election were actually under 160,000. 2010. That was a big race. That was also because it was the race for governor. So Cicilline got 81,000 votes. So in 2012, with Barack Obama on the ballot, second term, Cicilline got 108,000 votes. Granted, big turnout, presidential election. Brendan Doherty lost, got 83,000 votes. But think of that and that did not, for whatever reason, raise. A, I don't remember anyone making a big deal about it, other than they said, you know, in a presidential election. But there should have been more made about the fact that Brendan Doherty, in John Laughlin had seventy-one thousand. Cicilline had eighty-one thousand. Two years later, Brendan Doherty came back and got more votes than Cicilline did in twenty ten, but he lost. So Cicilline went from eighty-one thousand to suddenly think about this to 108,000. So where did he find 30,000, well, basically 30,000 more voters. Now it doesn't end there. 2014 Cicilline wins. And this time we're back down to 87,000 votes. So he had 87,000 votes in 2014. In 2016, when president Trump was erect, uh, elected, Again, presidential election, you can say more people come out. David Cicilline received 130,000 votes and won the election, 64% of the vote. Then we go to 2018. Off gear, he received 116,000 votes, 66% of the vote. Now, as much that's down from 130, it's still, think of, in 2014, Cicilline had 87,000 votes and won. In 2018, he had 116,000 votes and won. So you're still looking at a huge number. And then we come to this year. Folks, mail ballots don't have to be notarized. You had mail ballot voting. You had early voting and then day of voting. And we're to believe that Congressman David Cicilline received at last count close to 154,000 votes. Now think about this. The uh, population of Rhode Island has been declining. 154,000 votes. Think how, what an increase, 154,000 votes. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, he won with 81,000 votes. So somehow in a 10 year period, In a declining population, his vote total basically doubled. Folks, there's no way that the the people, by the way, the two opponents they had this time, which were Fred Weisick, who finished second with 16 percent and Jeff Lemire, who finished with uh, 13 percent. Now, their votes uh, were 34, 35,000 and 28,000. So suddenly you have 200,000 people voting in CD one. But. The, the, there's 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 no I, I, there's no way that Davidson's a congressman. So how did he get one hundred fifty four thousand votes? How uh, one think of this? He won two years ago with one hundred sixteen. One hundred sixteen. Suddenly he's got one fifty four. How are you finding all these extra? How are you finding? Think about that. How are you finding forty thousand new voters? In a pandemic, 40,000 new people came out in CD1, supposedly, and voted for Congressman Cicilline. And on top of that, his vote total, you want to say, well, you know, in presidential elections, they come out. His vote total is 24,000 over what it was in 2016. So somehow they found 24,000 new voters for him. You know what's also interesting, folks, is the state name change. Think of that number, 24,000, the state name change basically passed because of around 24,000 votes that supposedly came in on the mail ballots. Why is it in 26 years ago, David Cicilline won with 87,000 votes. And we're to believe that six years later, he wins with 154,000 votes. How is that po- it's not possible it's not legitimately possible how do you explain that how could he explain that how does he explain that when he first was elected 10 years ago we got 81,000 votes suddenly he's getting double that i don't believe it um i don't know enough i know that it's very difficult to try to get information out of the uh, board of elections and to try to get vote totals let alone folks all they do is argue about the pandemic and blah 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 but my point is if this is going on here, you can believe it's going on in Philadelphia. It's going on in Michigan. It's going on in Wisconsin. It's going on all over where they could take advantage. This portion of the John DePetro Show is brought to you by Coogan Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable, residential services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562, 401 401-732. 732 6562 look for them online and they're also on Facebook. All right, a lot more ahead. We're going to talk with attorney Tim Dodd. It's all ahead next right here on the John DePetro show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let Mega Professionals find them for you? Call Mega Professionals today. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 508-336-7801. MIGA, Mega, M E G A Professionals 508 508-
1: That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: If you're in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dot com website is brought to you by, sponsored by Allstate Lock and AllstateLock.com. Well, it's time for our legal segment with us, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, let's start off with, uh, obviously, the big story, and that is some of the post-election litigation that we're starting to see play out. And I think rightfully so, by the way, but the Trump people are uh, already starting to take some legal action regarding uh, some of the the uh, election questionable voting processes in some of these states.
2: Yeah, you could see this coming from a mile away that this was going to happen, John. Uh, nationally, um, the opportunity for shenanigans uh, is is just beyond belief what's going on out there. Um, uh, Folks interested in increasing the opportunity for mail-in ballots without any verification, without any witness requirement, without any notary requirement, were able to um, look to the whole COVID epidemic as justification to eliminate these um, safeguards to ensure um, that it's a legitimate, appropriate legal ballot. So without a notary, without a witness, um, some states even don't require that signature verification be utilized, or if the signature of the person, the voter, versus the mail-in ballot aren't the same or similar, they're supposed to disregard it. Um, All of these things are highly, highly problematic You know, if if people can wonder about where mail ballots came from in 2016 with this little small um, area for the Nick Mattiello um, campaign, think of what can be done in large cities around the country. And we see it happening. Um, The president is the right guy. If he's going to go down, he's going to go down swinging. And I think that he is absolutely Um, within his rights and his duty or his obligation to go into court and try to stop the shenanigans and try to um, allow a legitimate process to unfold to ensure not that every vote is counted, but that every legal vote is counted. Um, We've talked about it before. I, I don't know how it would have shaken out, but let's assume that I got a request in for a mail ballot and that I wanted to vote by mail, and I did so. And then on election day, I went to the polls and I voted. So I'm now I've voted twice. Are they ever going to catch that? I mean, no. I don't. I don't think they would ever catch that. Now, how much has that happened? Have they compared the machine ballot? And not, not that they really, not the actual ballot, but that you've checked in, that you've shown your license or some identification, and voted versus seeing if that same individual has then mailed in something. We have no idea. Um, The safeguards are completely off, and it's open season on um, fraud. Now, if Joe Biden wins um, his election, just as in 2016, the Never Trumpers were saying that Trump's election was illegitimate, I mean, how can you have any confidence in a system which clearly is corrupt, clearly is riddled with fraud, and could possibly, possibly, who knows, create an illegitimate result? The brakes have to be put on this process. John, I've been involved in previous campaigns at our Board of Elections where Both sides have the opportunity to look at the ballots to see if there's any question about signatures, about notarizations. Of course, that's out the window this year. Remember the year 2000 in Florida, they had rooms full of people looking at hanging chads, both sides, both sides. So once I would say that chad is not hanging, oh, yes, it is. And every, every single ballot was fought over, every single one. Here, as we've seen on uh, the television, I think it's in Detroit. They won't let the other side within like a hundred yards of where they're looking at ballots. <clears throat> excuse me. And in fact, they were covering up the windows to keep the um, the other side from looking in to see what the heck's going on. My concern is, although the Trump administration is going to be filing appropriate lawsuits looking to get restraining orders or other injunctive relief, you'll recall before the election, I think it was the Republican Party in Pennsylvania tried to get their case up to the U.S. Supreme Court twice on what was perceived to be unconstitutional um, um, loosening of voting Um, rules and regulations. And when the Supreme Court only had four members, um, the lower court, uh, federal court, had said, oh, no, everything that uh, Pennsylvania is doing is fine. And that's a state by state situation. And the federal court system shouldn't get involved in micromanaging what happens at the state level. Case goes to the Supreme Court uh, the the uh, judges were four to four, a tie, and when the Supreme Court is tied on any vote, it's not a vote, and the decision of the, um, um, of the federal appeals court stands. So my concern is that unless it's something extremely overt, and it's something that violates the rules of the individual states, the Supreme Court might choose not to hear it. Because the Supreme Court doesn't want to become the um, umpire for every state and how it conducts its, its elections. 2000 was a little bit different because the issue was how many recounts of the votes could be had. And if you recall, there was a, the extreme politi- politicization of the um, Florida Supreme Court, which led to the appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. I see real problems in the Trump administration getting the relief they're looking for in the court system. Um, They're going to be filing these cases in jurisdictions, which aren't particularly sympathetic to uh, the president in many cases. And um, the other unknown, John, is if any of these cases do get to the Supreme court, there'll be a fight as to whether um, justice um, Amy Coney, um, Barrett um, yep. should participate. I don't think she'll recuse. It's completely her decision, but that's going to be another uh, skirmish and another attempt to um, look to the illegitimacy of her um, making her way onto the Supreme Court if she does rule in a manner favorable to the Trump administration. All of this is so unfortunate, John, because it undermines the public's um, confidence in the legitimacy um, in, of of our elections. If we can't if we can't count on our elections being free of corruption and fraud, you know, we're no better than third world banana republics who have completely fraudulent elections. How are we any better?
0: Yeah. You know, and I am hearing the, the national media is is talking about undermining our democratic process by the Trump people objecting, but at the same time, this is the, and I, I know it's not a legal discussion, this is the same national media for the past. How many months now have been throwing showing polls that this was going to be a landslide, Biden blowout, he was going to win Texas, he was going to win Florida, and I, I don't think that did much to serve our, our Democrat process either. Tim Dodd, again, um, folks, we're going to take quick break a lot more with our legal expert tim dodd we are going to talk about the difference between counting every vote counting every legal ballot uh and a lot more right here on the john DePetro show MEGA truck and trailer appear. call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 from Miga, MEGA mega And also, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's Mega Truck and Trailer
1: Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible it's my health it helps you with your health your family's health vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality integrity local products like a kai berry honey maple syrup beef fresh gum and it's my health at 1099 men road in cumberland you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas and folks marie is so knowledgeable These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in. Swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. We're speaking with Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, as the voting continues, if you could touch on the difference where they're saying, you know, Joe, we got to count every vote, but as You you know, you brought up a good point. You go back to 2000 and and when they started to really examine some of those ballots and sometimes in these races, um, just under the circumstances we had where they have to have a notary and so forth and signature ballot, some ballots get thrown out. This is like the complete wild, wild west. Uh, Every ballot, this this business of count every vote, there is a difference between that and counting every ballot.
2: Yes. And. To to go back to two thousand again, you know, there we saw for for weeks, literally weeks, uh, folks set up at folding tables um, at the board of elections in different parts of Florida, the different counties, looking at every ballot, looking at the chads, looking at voter intent. Voter intent was Tent, a big yeah. big deal back then. Now. Yeah. You go to Detroit, you go to, I think it's going to be happening in Philadelphia, saying, oh, no, no, we can't have all these people in a room because of COVID. We can't do it. Well, they can do it. They can set up tables six feet apart. They can pass ballots down the line. People can be gloved and masks. Is the idea to get it right or to do it fast? The idea should be to do it right. We do have time, as we've discussed before states have to certify winners and send their electors to the electoral college we've got until december 14th there's no need to just rush this through time the necessary time should be taken to get it right so how do you get it right you know some people are saying count every ballot or count every vote well does that mean every fraudulent vote every vote that hasn't been filled out correctly Um, Every every vote that doesn't have an appropriate signature on it, every vote that's mailed in after the due date with the appropriate postmark, what are we doing? Every ballot needs to be looked at. And if you can't have, you know, observers or uh, representatives of both camps, looking at every single ballot, you're not going to get a legitimate result. So... The national talking point with the media is that uh, the president is trying to disenfranchise people. I, I don't think that's the idea. I think the idea is to eliminate votes which were not legally cast, were not timely cast, were not um, appropriately authenticated, were not appropriately signed by somebody. We know that there's ballots coming out of different states where, you know, how you put your ballot inside an envelope and then it's put into another envelope well to sort of ensure the legitimacy of it they're they're getting ballots that have three different addresses one on the ballot one on the envelope and one on the outside envelope it's like what is this where are these things coming from who's picking them up who's verifying the location that they came from With many of these paper ballots, how do you know somebody doesn't have a printing company and they printed up 10,000 ballots and 10,000 envelopes? How carefully are these various boards of election scrutinizing these ballots that are coming in? And I'm sure part of the talking point is we've got hundreds of thousands of these things. We can't stop and look at every single one. We'll never get done. Well, If the system is set up to allow this, which I think was crazy in the first place, well, then they've had months to figure out how they can get enough bodies in there to appropriately look at these ballots. You can't set up a rule saying no notary, no witness, no nothing, and then say, gee, we don't have the manpower or the time to count these ballots and scrutinize them. It has to be done. Um, And I think if the president pursues that, he has a legitimate point. And if some of these courts start finding that a lot of these ballots are illegitimate, um, it would it would bolster, I think, the, the point that the president and other candidates, there's congressional candidates, there's Senate candidates, there's candidates all over the country saying, wait a minute, I, I'm being um, disadvantaged because I can't check the ballots either. I can't look to see if I've legitimately lost or if I'm losing because of phony ballots, which are improperly cast. It has to be looked at or else this entire election cycle is always going to be tainted with the idea that it was a corrupt, fraudulent result.
0: Now, Tim, the states, and again, folks, we're sweet with the Attorney Tim Dodd. The states right now that are still uh, still counting the votes are Nevada, Arizona, pennsylvania north carolina georgia but but the president with the uh legal challenges um a lot of those some of the the vote counts for instance you know michigan you have a very hostile governor towards the president they've already called called that for biden in wisconsin um, the, the president's people thought he was very close there so before those are awarded awarded excuse me i should say um The legal challenges certainly could throw into play whether or not Biden really is sitting at 253 right now as we speak.
2: Yes. And for instance, in um, Wisconsin, in every state is different. Um, I believe if the discrepancy, the difference is less than a percentage point, there should be an automatic recount. So I think the president gets that. But in other jurisdictions, it's more getting injunctive relief to stop the state, stop the secretary of state from certifying a winner until appropriate processes are set up to look at each ballot and make sure that they were legally and appropriately cast. Um, you know, any of the TV stations or the networks can say, oh, we've declared that um, that uh, Joe Biden has won Nevada. We can declare that uh, Joe Biden has won Arizona. They can declare anything they want, but that's not legally binding. It's up to when the secretary of state of each state um, certifies the winner. And as we've said before, this is not a national election. This is 50 state elections. So you can look to each state And they all have different rules and procedures, different methods of voting, different methods of counting, different methods of collecting ballots, different methods of printing ballots. It simply is the way it is. Uh, It's not like if you lived in, let's say, France, where it's a national election. We have 50 state elections with 50 different sets of rules. It's very unwieldy, but that's our federal system. And John, one other point about this, and I believe you brought it up once, if not more on your your air, the order in which these things get counted, the the order. Yeah. So basically they do the machine count and almost you can then, if you wanted to extrapolate, well, gee, we need X number of paper ballots to win. I right. mean, it makes, makes no absolutely sense. no sense. And it seems like it's a playbook to backfill whatever votes you need, whether they're legitimate or whether you're gonna go find them in the trunk of a car. Uh, And it's just not the way it's supposed to work. And again, each state has a different process. And in Rhode Island, that's our process, as flawed as it may be. Um, I know the president has been shut down on various social media platforms when he suggests that there could be um, fraud and corruption, but it's as clear as the nose on your face that it's happening all over the country. Um, So I don't think he's wrong. I just don't know if he um, can successfully challenge these things legally. Um, I'm afraid if you're a Trump supporter, um, this is going to slip away. And I'm afraid if you're a Biden supporter, you're going to have a president who um, will be hamstrung because although the media will ignore it, there's always going to be that taint of a corrupt and fraudulent result.
0: Folks, we speak with Attorney Tim Dodd, just locally, Tim, and I want everyone listening to also understand the COVID becomes the excuse and out on everything. On election night, suddenly uh, Rhode Island was called at 8.10 for Joe Biden. But until Mm -hmm. past 11.30 what the results they had released showed president trump winning rhode island finally shortly sometime after midnight they showed that biden was head by less than a point and then at one o'clock they dumped in all these mail ballots i don't oh, no, he won handily my question was wh- who called it for him at eight ten? And why why was rhode island called that biden won when at 8 10 up until three hours later president trump was still in the lead and i can't get an answer Now, you also have experience and have seen the effect that mail ballots can have. And, you know, again, I I reached out to the Board of Elections. You you can't get any cooperation. Oh, no, because of COVID, no one can come in. And again, we don't fully know, but Congressman David Cicilline in this election has his highest percentage total ever with 70 percent of the vote. They're saying Biden got the most votes anyone ever has received in Rhode Island in this election ever over 500,000. And I, I, Tim Dodd, there's just so much, you know, room for someone to do something sloppy or without anyone watching. And right now, I I don't see exactly how how it can be addressed. But if you could just touch on the the problems that can come in with mail ballots, many times they get tossed out under. Under normal circumstances.
2: Yes, and about. there's always a fight over each ballot. That's the way it traditionally has been. The problem is there's traditionally not been hundreds of thousands of ballots coming in via the mail, through the post office, and by other means. Um, the the tidal wave of paper ballots has never been experienced really anywhere. So um, state uh, boards of election aren't really well equipped to deal with it. but the solution isn't to this, like, let them all come in and say the hell with it, good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to count them. That's, that's not the way to get an accurate result. And by the way, John, speaking about Rhode Island, you'll recall when the Secretary of State suggested, oh, we got COVID, oh, we can't ask for signatures, no, 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 we can't have notarization of ballots, of course not. The Board of Elections said, no, we disagree, and Nelly Gorbea went to federal court and got a judge to say, nah, we don't need witness, we don't need a witness, we don't need notarization. The Board of Elections, surprisingly, tried to do it the right way. And they right. uh, Nelly Gorbea did an end run around the Board of Elections and got a judge to agree with her. Um it is what it is, but I think this state at least attempted to put in some safeguards to protect the legitimacy of each vote. Um, I, I guess the Secretary of State had different ideas. Um, I'm sure she wasn't thinking, oh, this is a recipe so we can steal an election, but it was certainly something that you could see the handwriting on the wall that was it was a recipe for having um, corruption and fraud um, actual or presumed or assumed to be part of this process, and it shouldn't be there.
0: And Tim Dodd, before we take a break, it, people locally, you know, I'm already hearing from certain candidates that want to start to challenge it. But again, in this world of COVID, uh, it's being limited. What, what would be your advice to any candidates that that would like to challenge the outcome of the election? File suit
2: immediately. Attempt to get injunctive relief to stop the vote from being certified and insisting that, you know, you have an opportunity to have your people participate at the Board of Elections and scrutinizing these ballots. I think there should be a cross-referencing between whether any individual attempted to do what we talked about earlier, send in a mail ballot, and then the day of the election, go to the, go to the polling place and try to do it again and see if you get caught or see if you get away with it. We have no idea if there's one case of that or 10,000 cases of that. We have no idea.
0: Folks, quick break. Back a lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on The John DePietro Show. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly, or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's appliance repair. He fixed that in about five minutes, and the oven wouldn't heat up, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair 401-710-7096. He fixed the he fixed the the oven in about 5 minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair 401-710-7096.
1: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I wanted to uh, touch on some other stories that are in the news, starting with big day in Cranston. Barbara Ann Fenton-Fung has uh, defeated House Speaker Nick Mattiello. And meanwhile, somewhat of a rematch from uh, 2018, her husband, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, has filed suit against Governor Raimondo. Regarding state funding. Well, yes, finally,
2: somebody's filed suit. Um, I think that Mayor Fung um, has a very valid point in that the governor is um, not, there's no budget. There's been no attempt to get a budget. The General Assembly hasn't met, so we have no budget. We're sort of this operating flying on instruments here. But uh, Mayor Fung is suggesting that there's at least three sources of monies that the state is supposed to be distributing to the various cities and towns on a proportionate basis. Um, there's three sources. There's distressed, distressed community assistance. There's reimbursements. The state uh, cities and towns are supposed to get from the car tax phase out. And there's another, um, stream of money called the pilot funding, which is payment in lieu of taxes um, fund. And the governor is basically saying, hey, under the emergency powers that I have pursuant to Rhode Island state law, I'm reducing or suspending these sources of funds. So that hamstrings the cities and towns who rely on this stream of money from the state that trickles down to the towns for budgetary purposes. Um, The governor is not allocating the monies which the state law requires her to do, the governor right now is not dispersing in any meaningful way the billion dollars that she's sitting on, which is supposed to be to support the various um, small businesses in the state. you know she's holding her cards to see how the election comes out and to see if there'll be any further funding coming from Washington. But in in the meantime, you know, cities like Cranston are starving because they're not getting um, the support from the state that they rely on and they expect to get. Um, so this will be an interesting fight in superior court. Will the governor win because she's got the emergency powers that are delegated to her statutorily? Or will, you know, the mayor win if the court considers that the governor has overstepped her authority and simply on her own authority, cutting the distribution of uh, monies to the cities and towns as she sees fit? Um, She seems to be doing all of these things with no standards. She's just deciding she's cutting and here's what you get and check with me later. Um, I'm not sure who wins in this case, but I think that it's about time that the governor is challenged in terms of the fiscal policies she's pursuing and the money that she's sitting on and not dispensing both on this case with the mayor. Um, but I also think there should be more litigation to force her to do something with the billion dollars she's sitting on to, um, prop up a lot of small businesses that are starving or going under.
0: Now, in uh, in mob world, it looks like uh, Bobby DeLuca, COVID has yes, played out
2: in um, his favor. This is not a particularly extraordinary story in terms of what happens here, uh, except that Bobby DeLuca is something of a notorious figure, you know, in the world of... Um, you know, the, the Rhode Island underworld. Um, he was scheduled to get out of prison, I believe in March of 2021. Um, he has a legitimate medical issue. I think he's got kidney disease, which makes him a high risk person to get COVID. And if he gets COVID, high risk that he'll have serious, serious um, health problems. He also, uh, although he um, at one point lied in terms of his knowledge about um, the uh, death of Steve DeSaro, ultimately he fessed up and became a cooperating witness. And his testimony was um, quite important, John, in getting convictions on uh, Steve the Rifleman Flemmy, regarding the death of um, Steve DeSaro. So Bobby DeLuca cooperated. He helped. He testified. He also got wired up um, uh, which brought down uh, several figures, I think it was around 2011, 2012, when uh, all the strip joints in Providence were being shaken down. So the, the federal government didn't even object to his uh, motion for compassion at early release. I, I think, you know, the feds appreciated the assistance that DeLuca gave, and they weren't going to stand in his way. And it's really only accelerating his release by a period of maybe six months or so. So it's nothing that dramatic. Uh, compare the treatment he's getting to what happened a couple of weeks ago to Steve Sakosha, who I don't think is at this point ever going to see the light of day. Um, And again, Sokosha was not sympathetic. He's never expressed any remorse. He's gotten himself jammed up in prison, violating rules in a serious way, like somehow he gets wine in his cell and he's got all kinds of things going on, uh, bribing guards. So he was not a very sympathetic person to get um, a compassionate early release because of COVID. DeLuca had everything going his way. He's got a legitimate issue, and he was a cooperating individual to assist the feds getting convictions on some high-level underworld people. So if he was just an ordinary guy, this would be no big deal. Um, He is a notorious person in in many quarters, but uh, I think what happened with him getting out early um, is completely appropriate under the circumstances.
0: And finally, Tim Dodd, Rhode Island, uh, we'd be remiss if there wasn't a strip club story in the news, and this time had to do with litigation, apparently a local place using some celebrities. This is an interesting case,
2: John. um, You recall earlier this year, uh, many of the women who um, dance at these various strip clubs um, were filing essentially class action suits because they um, were being treated as independent contractors. Um, which meant that the strip clubs did not have to um, do certain things regarding covering, covering them, their wages, their withholdings. Basically, they treated all the women as independent contractors They'd give them a 1099 and say, we don't really control what they do. They're free agents, but they're really not because the hours they work are controlled how much they have to kick back to the house when they dance is controlled, how much they have to kick back to the uh, waiters and waitresses and everybody else is all very much controlled. So they were seen by the court as employees and not as independent contractors. That resulted in them getting a boatload of money for back pay and benefits and other damages. This case now is another um, win for the women who are in this industry. Apparently, the various um, strip clubs were using photos of these women, some of them high profile, some of them well-known people like Carmen Electra. And I guess other women who um, are are well-known in the social media world, who are well-known for, you know, whatever um, they do in terms of stripping or posing or photos or films and, or the whole gamut of adult entertainment and their likenesses were being used for advertising purposes by these clubs, which would either suggest, A, that they have um, performed at these clubs or are going to be performing at these clubs or endorse these clubs. And the likenesses were being used without permission. So Carmen Electric can say, I'm an internationally known person and you're, you're, just, you're hurting my reputation by suggesting that I have an association with or an endorsement of your particular strip joint. So there, there were, I don't think 26 women or so who were part of this litigation and it was proved that their likenesses were being used without permission. Um, They were being, uh, their reputation was being damaged. Um, Their images were being used without their permission. They were being defamed and that the clubs were making money off the notion that these women were performers or endorsers of these clubs. So they just settled for almost a million nine, which will be after I guess, attorney's fees dispersed to the various plaintiffs. I think it was 28 women who were part of that litigation. So, if these same women were part of the, this year's earlier litigation regarding wages, and now they're going to get another payday from this litigation regarding um, improperly utilizing their image, it's win- it's a windfall for the women, and they're big hits for these clubs. I mean, in this case, there's insurance. Yeah. There appears to be um, specialty insurance to cover this type of situation on the wage claim that came out of the pockets of the club operators and owners. So significant um, mm. significant legal uh, situations occurring in, in the world of these strip clubs. And it's not only happening here, John, it's happening all over the country.
0: Yeah, just going back finally at 1104, biden in rhode island 49.2 president trump at 48.5 and they called well, the race when you say they called the
2: race it's the media i could have called the race back in january it was a foregone conclusion i well, think
0: uh, but the, the associated press said that a rhode island top official i, I, called I don't the race know biden.
2: I, if if nelly gorbea called it at that time um, I guess she went out on a little bit of a limb, not much of a limb. I mean, I think you could have called Massachusetts, you could have called, um, you know. All right. I'm, I'm
0: just saying at that time, when they called it, President Trump had 53% of the vote yeah, it, 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 Biden, it's Biden had 43% a... of the vote. So it, it, then they should have released the results is what I'm saying. If they knew what the results are, I don't know why. Yes, they it's this, it's this, the
2: it raises more questions so, and it seems like a self-inflicted wound there that whoever made that announcement didn't have to make at the time and in the manner it was done. You're right. All the votes hadn't been counted. Um, we didn't know the source of the, how many were legitimate absentee ballots versus these mail-in ballots versus machine ballot counts. Um, so to, to do that prematurely, even though the results seem to be a foregone conclusion, it just raises more questions. You're right.
0: Folks, he is, he is our uh, legal analyst, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Thanks, John. Uh, we'll care. see how this plays out. Mega we'll t- Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 Like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. Mega Logistics, 401-431-2300.